の日守ると決めた約束はこの Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Class 1A. It has felt like so long since we've done an episode, even though it was just one week off. But as always, I am Andrew Nimsgren and so excited to get back to this show. But you may know me as a big business hero advert. And alongside me, I do have James Graham and Dylan Beale, aka Apothecary, and Fanfic. And I'm sure you guys are just as excited to get back into this as I was because this was such a good episode to come back off of that break. Yeah, I mean, we had the break, and I was I was like itching for a new episode, right? Like I was having my withdrawals from the show. I just, I just wanted new content from it, so I'm really excited we got it. Yeah, and I had two weeks off, so like this is like long overdue for me to get back in the, back into the saddle. So I'm happy to be back. Yeah, you decided to wake up on time today, which is always very nice of you. I did. I did indeed. But yeah, even even last week, I totally forgot we weren't doing it, so I still woke up in my normal three a three a.m. time. Where I usually always watch the first episode, and then I was just utter disappointment when I looked at Hulu and it was not there, and I saw there wasn't anything coming soon. And I'm like, this is so sad. So waking up, I definitely thought the same thing was going to happen to me again this week. But jumping into the episode, I it was needed. I forgot even the two weeks since the last episode came out of how much I love my Hero Academia. But we don't want to spend too much time on the intro because there's so much talk about in this week's episode. But we really don't have any big updates or anything kind of like that. As always, make sure to check out poppedoff.com or check out our other pod- pa- podcast. My goodness, uh, Project Esports that all three of us do, which is a weekly show, also which talks about all things esports. Yeah, and make sure you tell your friends about us too, and leave a five star review on any podcast platform that you listen to us on. Yeah, and you can always uh, reach out to us on uh, most forms of social media, uh, primarily Twitter at popped underscore off. Um, reach us out, let us know about anything you have, any, uh, I guess, opinions about the show, any ideas, any suggestions, all that good stuff. You can tell that we're all not doing a bad job of the intro, but we're all just a little rusty on it because it's been a little bit since we did it. So we're all making little jumbles, but it's okay because once we get back into talking about the show, we're going to be rocking and rolling. And let's kick that off with episode four of season four, Fighting Fate. We open up with Mirio and Izuku on patrol chatting. Izuku is still worried about what Sir Night Eye said to him about All Might's successor, and they finally share heroes' names with each other. I thought this would have been something like when you're filling out the application, you kind of get to know each other. But we do learn that Deku is obviously Deku, and Mirio is the million. He doesn't have to save everyone, but he has to save a million people. I think it's so a, my, I think it's at least a million. I think that's what he's like. That's his goal. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, because he was like, "Hey, I can't save everyone, so I'm gonna shoot for the highest number I can think of." Well, what I, I'm just saying that if I'm a million and one, I'm not very happy with the hero name. But we'll talk about that later because right as they are talking, a little girl comes out of the alley right into Deku, trembling. Overall, comes after her, trying to bring back his daughter in quotation marks. Um, Deku is clearly showing worry on his face. So Lemillion, 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 Lemillion. It's basically uh, a French name. It's the million. Yeah, you can also just say Mirio too. You can say Mirio. Mirio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, I think I'll stick with Mirio. <laughs> um, uh, steps in to kind of distract from how worried Deku obviously is, not to draw any suspicion. Um, but chat back and forth about Overhaul's mask. 
um, how Overhaul has never seen them before, even though they're heroes. And they're kind of our very... Both sides are very on guard, trying not to give too much information for either one. And Mirio does not end up telling them what agency they're from. They're saying, hey, we're just bouncing between internships, trying to get experience. We're still in school. You don't need to worry about us. Um, right as uh, Overhaul says, okay, let's go. Let the girl go. Eerie uh, grabs on Tyler Deku saying, please don't go. Deku starts prying into more of why she's scared, why she's bandaged. Like, these bandages clearly aren't from playing and falling too hard. Um, and Deku, um, and Mirio both kind of have this internal monologue of like, Deku, let her go. It's going to draw suspicion. And then Deku's mind, he's like, a real hero wouldn't just let a scared girl go without anything that draws suspicion too. So kind of seeing how both their thought process is going internally as this whole thing is going out is something I really thought was really cool. Um, overall, it's like, all right, you do really, you guys do a really good job picking up on the subtle things. It's too embarrassing to talk about. So let's go into the alleyway and talk about it more. I'll fill you in on everything. Um, they all start walking in the alleyway. And right as he's about to take off his glove. And it kind of shows a killing intent. As Muriel says. Eerie instantly runs back to them. Obviously to try to save their lives. Is what our assumption is on that. Um, after that we do go back to a cut of Sir Night Eye and Bubble Girl. Watching the Hasuki's house. Hasuki's house. And they get a call from Muriel. And then after that, we do get another call back to Overhaul in their secret base. Um, they kills a guy that just let Eerie escape without even a second hesitation. And he starts going on about how so many people younger and younger are filled with this plague or sickness. And talking about people sick with hero syndrome. Um, we learn from Sir Night Eye and just kind of a little bit of backstory that Overhaul and the Hasakai ran into a group of burglars. We saw that at the end of the previous seasons. And the burglars, all of a sudden, after running into him, felt a great deal of pain, passed out, and then when they woke up, um, they weren't harmed, there was nothing done to them, but all of their cavities and little scratches and all that had been healed, almost as if they had been cleaned, in a way. Um, and after that, all the money was also burned, and this kind of was what draw certain I to look into it, because they thought it had something to do with Overhaul's quirk. Um, and a little bit more of the conversation between the agency, Deku was very upset that he couldn't ser save Eerie after giving the information on her to Night Eye. Night Eye gives him a lecture about he can't save everyone instantly. Haste makes worse. He's not special enough just to save everyone without repercussions and just do it going straight in. I think this is a really interesting thing that I want to talk about more after the recap. But they also make kind of the side note of they're putting out requests to team up with other agencies to help take this on. Um, we go back to class 1A where we see Bakugo and Todoroki are very beaten up from their licensing classes. Pretty much that it's kind of a much more brutal way of getting your um, license. Um, Kirishima, Sue, and uh, Uraraka are all missing classes with excuse absences, assumingly for these work internship studies. Um, and we learn that Deku cannot focus on anything anymore. He's doing horrible in all of his classes due to his pent-up feelings around All Might and the whole situation with that. Deku then goes and finds All Might running and wants to know everything. All Might really didn't know and didn't know how to feel about telling him everything, but Deku really wants to know everything. So he just um, has one quick word before giving everything, which is don't regret this. We go back a couple of years and we learn after All Might's major injury that we learned about in the first season that 
Sir Knight Eye saw into the future of All Might and said that he would die an unspeakably gruesome death to a villain if he kept up the way he was. And pretty much everyone was saying, especially Sir Knight Eye, is you need to retire. Don't keep pushing yourself. But All Might's in a very emotional retort is like, what happens if I'm not there? People are looking for me. What happens to the symbol of peace if I go away and retire right now? And continues to push on anyways. And that is what causes the gap and kind of the break of the relationship between Sir Night Eye and All Might after working together for five years as hero and sidekick. Um, just want to make sure. There's so much information on this little scene, so I want to make sure I'm not forgetting anything. Um... After that, um, we get a little bit more information, and All Might does end up telling Sir Night Eye about Deku and how he's a quirkless middle schooler. And All Might was very set on him, but Sir Night Eye thought it was a horrible idea. And this is when he took Mirio in to start training him as the true successor. Um, we do learn that um, Sir Night Eye can see into the future way in advance, but the farther in advance that he sees, the less accurate it is. And that. The assumption of when All Might was going to die this gruesome death was five to six years in the future, which would be either this year or next year in the show's actual current canon timeline. Um, we do kind of get about how All Might was just kind of up to this point, pushing into the finish line. He knew he was going to die soon and was just doing everything he can up until that point until he met Deku. Deku has made All Might want to fight again and is trying to change his future, just like Sir Knight I and so many other people are. They promise that they will change the future together, talking about making up a certain night eye to see if the future is already changed. And All Might makes a really funny kind of retort at the very end, like, wouldn't that be too convenient? Kind of doing kind of a meta joke about it that I don't know if we'll actually get that, because that kind of ruins a lot of the animosity of the actual show. But that wraps up everything besides a little clip after the outro, but we're going to wrap that in with next week's preview. So this was not a very action-packed episode, but it was emotional and a lot of information. How are you guys feeling about it? Um, I don't know. There, it's it's good. I mean, there was a lot that happened, <clears throat> but a lot didn't happen at the same time. So it's kind of, I don't know, where, where should we really dig into this? I think we take it kind of, I mean, we start with obviously the whole overhaul scene. And that going all the way up to the end of the agency talk. And just kind of, yeah, let's, let's take that from the beginning. We, this is the first interaction between, obviously, the two main protagonists for this season and Overhaul. And getting a little bit more of a feeling of what's going on with Eerie. And just kind of talking through the emotions you saw everyone having, how the interactions have, and just what your thoughts on it was that kind of very stressful situation. The whole time I, mean, I, I kept, sorry, sorry to, to jump in on this, but I, yeah, I kept wanting to hit Deku the whole time. Because, like, I don't know, like, I, I felt a lot of uh, empathy with Mirio of, like, all right, dude, like, we know we're not supposed to do this. Just, like, just be cool. Like, come on. Yeah, that was my big thing, too, is, like, you kind of got, like, like Andrew, like, you kind of laid out in the uh, in the outline is you get to see, like, two conflicting, like, like thought processes, right? Where you have, like, the very eager, very, you know, like, um, straightforward hero. And Mirio is obviously playing the long con. He recognizes that, you know, we're observing this guy. We're not doing... You know, we're not trying to, like, make an immediate intervention. But Deku's just... He's such a main character that he can't not try and help. So, uh, yeah, no, I thought, I thought it was good. I like... I like um, I most The big thing I took away from all of this is that it was, like, the first time we saw Deku with his hood on, too. We haven't seen that in, like, ages. And then Mira just, like, slaps it on him. And it's just, like, you look like an idiot, dude, because you're kind of giving it away that you're, like, super stressed out. So, 
Yeah, no. I think it's experience versus inexperience, which I think, you know, it's nice. It's nice to have that, like, nice little contrast, right? Yeah, and I definitely get, I mean, I definitely agree with Mirror in most of what he said, but I also think that it's very clear Eerie was trembling to everyone in that situation, and kind of the counterpoint that Deku was making in his head is that it'd just be really suspicious if a trembling bandaged girl and barefoot running away from a man in a mask and a hero didn't question into that a little bit. That does seem a little suspicious, too, from Overhaul's side. Like, oh, like any other hero would have asked into this. A pro hero would have looked into this. So I definitely agree with Deku's point. I definitely agree they shouldn't have pushed as hard as he did. But I definitely don't think just saying like, oh, yeah, obviously this girl's fine. Obviously it's your daughter. You're definitely not abusing her or anything. Just take her back. Like, that's very suspicious as well. And I think that's something that Mirio didn't pick up on. So I definitely see that these two perspectives are very different, but they're also complement each other because I think it also would have drawn suspicious if they just did exactly what Mirio wanted to do. I think uh, I think Mirio is just a bit more of a hard ass too, like or more like a like not. Well, at... he's under he's been under Sir Night Eye for so long. Well, that's just I it. I, that I, I think he's more he's more objective where where you know Midori is a lot more emotional. So like you kind of get the two like conflicting ideologies, right? So, like, yeah, and I th- it's definitely f- by, like, who their tutelage is under, right? Because, I mean, you have Night Eye, who is very, you know, like, I mean, he's, you say he's, like, objective, but at the same time, the dude's pretty emotional, too, right? Like, I mean, we see that in his but scene. But he's analytical. He is analytical. Well, I mean, his his quirk makes him, like, incredibly yes. analytical, right? So, um, yeah. So, I don't know. But Mirio is, like, I don't know. You, I kind of didn't expect him to kind of take that approach. I figured he would be more on the same, like, thought process of uh, Midoriya, but I guess not. I don't know. I really saw that situation kind of like uh, Midoriya not having good experience and Mirio having that experience because, you know, being under Night Eye at this point um, and being a senior, like, I, I don't know if he's literally a senior, but like a, a senior in the aspect of like he's been in school for a while. I think he's more of a hero and knows the situation than Deku does. Whereas Deku is going to the situation thinking, you know, on his instinct, Mirio is more of like, oh, no, like, I, I kind of know what we need to do in this situation. Like, we need to, like, smile, nod along, basically, and, and, and wrap this up. But also thinking about the fact when they walked in that alleyway that Overhaul was 100% about to kill them until Eerie kind of let it go is, I think it goes to show that Eerie is smart for her age, and obviously she kind of knows what was coming there and obviously doesn't want people to get hurt, but she also wants to be saved. Um... But at the same time, just how scary Overhaul is going to be this season. Like, yeah, he literally was 100% prepared if she didn't come to kill two children. Yeah, I mean, I think the line in the sub there was, um, you know, she she understood his killing intent. Yeah, yeah. killing intent was the, the exact word. Um, just kind of going past that scene and going into, like, Overhaul's, like, base. The whole plague mask, like, aesthetic that all his guys got going on, I don't know. I'm kind of into it, especially, like, the little one with, like, who's just, like, the hood and the mask. Like, I don't know, man. I was into all that. Well, yeah, clearly we got a little bit of information on that from Mirio when he said, oh, you must be from the Hasuki. You have one of those masks. Like, you're famous around here. Because, yeah, they're they a very small, organized kind of crime now, so it's definitely kind of more of a gimmick, but it definitely... He keeps making reference. He has the mask on, a plague mask on. Because he's very... Um, he hates filth. That's yeah, he the... hates filth. Yeah. And we learn a little bit more what that filth and sickness is in the case of Hero Syndrome. Which I thought was such a cool one. That he wants to more or less 
plague the world of hero syndrome, of all these young people and old people of being heroes is kind of what I picked up of what he wants to do, what his goal is. No, he wants to eradicate that plague. Yeah, eradicate that. Yeah. Same, it's the same difference. And I, I don't know about you, but kind of getting a little bit more information about, oh, these three people were cleaned. And I'm sure, like, I don't know if their quirks were gone. I'd be curious to see if we got more information on that. I don't know if they quite gave us that. But they were healed in a way. And I think that's going to come from Eerie and how why she's the crux of the plant. I think it's going to have to do something with her quirk and why she's such a big one. And that something she emits is able to clear people of certain emotions or quirks or things such as that. Because we also see like these quirk immobilizing and boosting like bullets that they have there. So I really think her quirk is going to be something that's something she admits that is able to be stored and used in different ways. And I think that's why she's such a big part of the plan. And I think that's ultimately going to come back and hurt the heroes and the villains at some point. But I think just getting a slowly getting these little nibbits of how things are going to be going later on in the season is really making me so excited as we start getting the action, some of the more actual no longer just watching. But we have eight agencies together. Let's go take these guys down. It's going to be so cool. Yeah, the big, the the, the kind of like going off like the whole the whole concept of like the hero plague, and then we're what we're kind of getting like I mean it's not even really hinting towards it. It's pretty like since we already know Overhaul's quirk because we've watched him like kill like a bunch of people, and you know where we had these these you know criminals who were like magically healed, right? Um, I think it's gonna be something to the point of like using Eerie's quirk to try and erase other quirks, just like uh, totally admit them entirely. That'd be my guess. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I think that's kind of where we're going. We already saw that when he kind of when he kind of danced with the the League of Villains. So I'm kind of I'm excited to see how it goes. I'm excited to see more of the uh, like the the Yakuza boys, man. Like they just got a they got a good look going. So I think they actually have a pretty unique opportunity here to kind of uh, mold the show a little bit. I'm wondering if they're going to, they're using, not using this arc to do it, um, but if they're going to capitalize on it, of where you have a hero that takes away quirks possibly, um, or not, not a hero that takes away quirks, a villain that takes away quirks possibly, and like that's like their whole goal. I wonder if they're going to use that against any of the heroes or maybe any of the cast that we know, because this is an opportunity for them to go, hey, like, you know, we, we made the show or we, we you know, we wrote the, wrote the story out and this character maybe not, might not fit so well with it. Like maybe this isn't. Uh, a character that people really get care for like too much let's just let's just do we think so kind of jump into the end and the whole prediction we'll come back to the actual plot points but while we're talking about overhaul and his quirk and all that do we think the gruesome death that was predicted was to overhaul to all might no, so that's a gruesome death. Being blown up from the chest up no, is a gruesome death. No, so because uh, I totally saw this episode of JoJo's already, <laughs> and they did this. <laughs> no, no, no. Let me explain. Let me explain. So the what? the whole idea is that like um you know I I've seen this trope of where someone can see into the future and they see oh man I'm gonna die in this weird way or this person's gonna die in this way, but they get to that point and it's always like a like like a nudge and a wink when you get to that point because it's like he's gonna die a gruesome death and maybe. The, the vision that he saw of him dying gruesomely wasn't actually him dying gruesomely. Maybe it was another thing. I don't think that they're going to kill off All Might. I think it's going to be like... Do you think the show could survive with All Might dead? Oh, yeah. I do think, I, I survive think, and do well and I think keep it, getting better, or do you think that'll always hurt the show? No, because it's 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 almost foreshadowed that you know All Might, despite the fact that he is even isn't even an acting hero anymore, like he's going like he's going to go away. He's going to succumb to his injuries at some point, and 
whether they speed it up or not, I think like the show will do just fine without it. We're gonna get like uh, we're gonna get like a really depressing arc for a little bit of you know Midoriya being like all sulky and sad and shit like that. But I mean, other than, I think like you, once you get past that like point of mourning, the kind of the show moves on. We saw it like I mean they did it in Naruto with the fourth Hokage when he died. Or the third Hokage. Like, I mean, they just, everybody, you had your morning episode, you had maybe, like, two or three that kept going back to it, and then you moved on. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I don't know. I just, I really don't feel like it's going to happen. Um, and if it does, it's going to be towards the end of the series, of when they're wrapping up the series. I think, even though, like, I think they could survive, um, I think All Might's a little bit too iconic for them, and the show's too popular. And, like, even the manga's too popular for them to kill this off. I don't, I don't think... And- that- and it also goes that it was that it was this year or last year. And just remember, just remember, and this is the fourth season. A whole year has not passed yet. I'm pretty sure, or we're just about to get to a year. So we still have. I mean, it could be another four seasons before he dies, according to certain Night Eye, with yeah. the time length that they're going. So it was just something I wanted to do. But let's jump back to the actual plot, and we can talk more about that as the end. We actually get to that point. But I do like the quick mention they make to recruiting other agencies to help them with this. It's clearly how Uraraka, Sue, and Kirishima and them are all going to be working together because they're the other ones at agencies. And I don't think it's a by chance that um, that was kind of brought up there. Um. Yeah, and then kind of going from there, um, do you guys have anything to kind of add or talk about Sir Night Eye's kind of lecture to Deku about haste makes waste and all that? Or is that just kind of things that we all agree Deku needs to hear? Like, just chill a little bit, and then you'll do better. Yeah, I mean, I think Deku's just turned up to 11 at all times, and like... Uh, not to not to say that All Might really like you know encourages that and like plays into it, but he definitely isn't the best influence. And somebody more analytical like who like Night Eye is just like probably a good a good tutor for him as well. Um, no, I, I totally agree with that, and I guess that kind of leaves us moving back into that we had a short class, a short opportunity in Class A, just to kind of remember it's like hey, there are there are other people in Class One A still. Don't worry, you're still not going to see many of them except for the four or five people. Um, doing their um, work studies, but it's okay. Um, do we think we're ever gonna get more? Co- do you think we're gonna the filler episode is gonna be Bako and Todoroki, um, doing the hero license exam? I don't think it's gonna be. They're making such a big point. I, out yeah, of it. it'll probably it, it probably won't be filler. I think it'll be an like an offshoot. But I mean, like I mean, the two of them are pretty. They're pretty main characters to the show. So I, like I like a filler episode would be us getting like another. It would be like. Coda having his own episode or something like that. That would be a filler episode, right? But I mean, it's it's not it's not necessarily moving the season's plot forward. I mean, in five episodes, if it happens in the middle of a fight between Overhaul and Deku, and they just put that in there as like a filler episode, that I mean, that's how I see that being there. That it's not progressing the exact story forward because them getting their license is now what the story is this semester. It seems like a B plot that'll get one episode one of these times and kind of be one of the filler. Yeah, I That's don't probably I don't think not it's... anime. I mean manga real. Wait, so are you confirming that they don't talk about getting their license in the manga at all? No, they give it an entire arc. There's like, yeah, it's an entire arc in the manga and there's no way they're doing that in the That's show. That's not filler. So it's going to be a filler episode. That's not filler. Yeah, but they're no, so filler, filler, what filler is, is extra content that's usually original to a show to fill time to catch up to the manga. And obviously, even though the manga is so far ahead and we're not we're not worried about catching up to it right now, filler in My Hero is whenever they do a side story that is not related to anything happening 
that has nothing to do with the plot, which basically is why we always say that the movie is filler, because it it's not important. It doesn't deal with like anything. It's on its literally it's off on its own island. There's a uh, there. It's literally off on its island. I like that. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, Jin Tama does a great a great breakdown of why filler occurs and like what the concept of filler is. So anybody who wants to you know further understand our argument. Watch that. Watch I that. Think you showed me that one day. It's it's it, it's good because it sums it up. It's basically what Dylan said, and they give a nice little illustration and all that stuff. It's really nice. But if we want to use it, like I guess in a little bit more of like a colloquial kind of term, I would assume something it, that is filler is you know what James said of where it's like it's like oh it's the Coda episode in the middle of stuff. I don't think we're gonna be in the middle of an overhaul fight and they're gonna be like all right, Bakugo and, and Todoroki are off on their wacky exam. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be <laughs> a side plot, but it's going to be a side plot, not a filler plot. Um, but so I actually want to talk about this scene a little bit more because um, I have something incredibly important to bring up um, that m- many people might not know. Um, so I watched... If it's about Mineta, I'm, I'm hanging up on you. Okay, it's about Mineta, but just, okay, <laughs> listen for a second. So I, I watched the, so when I first woke up, I was like super groggy, and so I just watched the, the dub. Um, and then afterwards, I went back and watched the sub again, because I wanted, because I like the sub a lot more, um, especially like a lot of the voice actors. So I got to that scene, and I noticed in in the dub, he just like slapping his desk, and he's like, oh, hey, hey, Midori, are you, are you off on your, your work thing or whatever? And it's like, okay, cool, Mineta. In the sub, he's just like, hey, did you meet any, like, pervy girls? It's yeah, is awesome. There per- is there a perverted pro-hero at your agency? Yeah. That's what he said. I love it. Yeah, that, that is one of those differences between the sub and the dub. But I, the second you brought that up, I'm like, the only other thing that happens in the scene is that one scene with Mineta. So you know, of course, Dylan's about to talk about <laughs> oh, it. Oh, yeah. They're trying to censor my pervy little grape boy. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I think he should be censored from the entire show. But um, after that, after the little Class 1A scene, the rest of the episode is just the whole very emotional, very backstory-heavy All Might, Sir Night Eye, and that whole kind of thing. So it's kind of wherever you guys want to talk about that. I've kind of put a little bit of my opinion into the outline. So just kind of hearing what you guys thought about this whole thing, think hearing about the timeline that All Might could die at one point. If this the reason they broke up, all that kind of stuff. Wherever you want to start on this, there's a lot of information and kind of whatever popped out to you, I want to hear about. I mean, Night Eye's busted, man. He's overpowered. Like that's that's a that's an OP quirk, man. Yeah, I mean it's it's really strong, but I definitely think we're we are going to see that like that little trick or, or something. Um, I don't really think he's gonna die, especially because they put in that line. Of where, you know, he's like, you know, the further it is out, the the less accurate it is, which makes me think 100% that they're going to, you know, at the very last minute kind of twist it of where, like, uh, I think I think exactly what's going to happen is Night Eye is going to be like, uh, All Might was laying in a pool of blood and he was laying on the ground looking totally defeated. So, like, you know, obviously it looked like he died a gruesome death, but we're going to get to that exact scene and it's going to be something else of, like, and nothing like too weird like oh he fell in a bunch of paint or anything like that but i think he's <laughs> he's gonna be in a big battle of where someone maybe someone else maybe the villain dies um and he just collapses or something like that i, I think that's probably what's gonna happen um especially the way that they worded a lot of it yeah because like so since you two are anime experts this whole 
10 minute emotional part of the episode meant nothing to you guys uh, the trope the, i hate to say it, but the trope has been done quite a few times throughout like anime history like it is not a new thing to explore um I, they're approaching it a little differently with their relationship and stuff like that because usually it's like some haggard old sage off in the woods or some shit but uh you know where night is actually like a pro hero and stuff like that it's a it's a little different um but i mean yeah like dylan said like i mean if jojo's has done it then it jojo's got it from somewhere so so, so actually i just want to, to to propose a question to you guys are you guys Maybe maybe this is a, a thing that's supposed to be happening, um, you know, and then we're kind of growing with Midoriya on this. But are, are you guys also viewing uh, All Might in less of a good light as the show goes on? Because, like, I saw that scene of him in the hospital, and I could just think, why is he being dumb? Like, why why is he just, like, marching towards his death? Like, Oh, but that's exactly – but no, I think that just goes to more and show that's even more of who Deku is. That's what De- – uh, I think a very similar scene could happen to Deku one day. We've seen that. Deku's injured and he still goes and tries to fight. Like you know, yeah. I think it's showing the more and more similarities that they have, and that's why they picked him. Because even the um, quirkless middle schooler, that is what All Might was when he was picked, a quirkless middle schooler. We are showing more and more of how he sees himself and who he sees as a person and what his real traits are versus Sir Night Eye sees who he, Sir Night Eye, thinks Miro is who um all my deaths and why they have very similarities it is very clear that deku is the literal child version of all Might. but what i'm saying is that's kind of a bad thing because like he, he he has his good traits and his bad traits too that trait of him wanting to rush out of the hospital i think it's bad like that's that's something i don't want out of the symbol of peace you know i i want him to like be a, a little bit more like reserved and like actually try to uh progress forward rather than just running right into death like that like I think there's situations where you run into death and then situations where, you know, you just go, wait, hold, hold on a second. Like, chill, chill, all might. Like, why are you being a big old And some dummy? situations where you just leave the one million and one th- person behind because that's not in your hero name. Oh, my God. Shut Give up. up. I hate that. Give it I up. hate that hero name. I just want to say, like, I do not like the hero name at all. So many better ways I could have gone with it. And Lamillion, so bad. Oh, my God. I think, I think the big thing is, is that it's not, we're not... Uh, it's not that I don't. I'm starting to dislike All Might. It's just you're starting to see his mentality fleshed out more with more interactions. You know what I mean? You have you have because for the longest time we had basically how only Deku perceived All Might in his like his charisma, his stamina, his always pushing forward and everything like that. And Deku, of course, is like you know I don't want to say he's easily influenced by All Might, but the dude's like literally his hero, and like he he gave him his power and everything like that. But now we're seeing him interact with people who don't think exactly like All Might thinks, who think more, you know, a little more, like, there's more thought process to it and stuff like that. So it's not so much that I don't like All Might as much, but it's like, you're kind of getting, uh, you're kind of getting more reactions and more types of, uh, responses to his, his attitude, which I think is just, it's nice that we're finally kind of getting that, because again, it was very streamlined, it was very thrown at us, Deku thinks of All Might like this, you're gonna think of All Might like this, well now we have some more opinions. It's kind of like it's kind of like when like recovery girls started shitting all over him, right? Like I mean, you, you have these people who are you know a part of the a part of the characters like story, and they're the ones kind of weighing in on, you know, like it's another set of opinions that Deku's like, oh, like, I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense now. Now that I hear it, and I'm not just, you know, it's not just my own thought process, my own like you know, my, you know, he's my hero. I gotta do what he does, sort of thing. Yeah, no. That makes sense. I don't know. I I definitely, even if it is a trope, I definitely like the whole plot point. I think the 
I just think it sets up so much more and for being still a little bit more novice anime watcher, I guess, opposed to you two. I still love those kind of tropes. I, I know they are. I know it's just a setup and it's not going to happen or it does happen and it's kind of shocking, but everyone moves on very quickly or there's a time jump. But I still love those kind of things. And I love seeing the like All Might kind of saying that like, yeah, I, I love the idea that I was just trying to make it to the end. I knew I was going to die. I accepted everything until I met you. And now I want to fight again. I love that dynamic. Even though it's probably a speech 18 other people have given in anime history. I love that kind of stuff. It, it always gets me hyped. It always gets me emotional. I'm still into that stuff. But is there anything else you guys want to talk about on this episode before we move into Plus Ultra, before we start talking about la- next week? Yeah, I just want to talk about um, a little bit of fan service, I guess. Okay. I don't know if it's okay. fan service or what it is. But the show opens up with... Two people walking uh, towards our heroes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like a dog girl and a cat girl, but not in the cool, like, my hero way. No, it's just a cat girl as in, like, the the, the gross people are going to be weird about this kind of way cat girl. It was a cat girl and a bunny girl. That's what yeah, it was. I, it made me mad uncomfortable because, like, I don't know. It felt, like, a little too on the nose because, like, I don't know. We get, like, the cat person who's literally a full-on cat. But these people are just like the like it. She's got a the ears. cat girl. Yeah, she just has yeah. the ears and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It was real weird. <laughs> that is kind of weird, right? I just, I just pulled it up. Like, what is that? Why? Yeah, but usually they do. Like, if you're a cat person, well, then you're you're a, you're a cat, right? Like, yeah, not, 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 not just sexy, the ears. Though. No, I yeah, I, that's that, that's that's funny. I did not even notice that. I guess that just kind of shows what you're looking at, Dylan, versus what I'm looking at. But you know. <laughs> I mean, what do you want from you me, know. dude? I was—I'm also the one who brought up exactly what Minetta said and a breakdown of his, of his scenes. Yeah, of his one scene, not scenes, one scene. Um, but no, I think with that, let's wrap this up and move into the plus ultra reward. I think this is going to be a, maybe we could have a couple of different ones this time. But what do you guys have for your plus ultra award for the week? James, let's start with you since you missed last week. I want to say Eerie because she literally prevented Mirio and Deku from getting one-shotted. I think I think I'm going to give it to Eerie. Um, you know, she's just like I mean, for a girl that's obviously terrified and obviously is, is more or less being experimented on, um, for her to be like t- initially starting from terrified and then being like, oh no, Overhaul is going to like one-shot these idiots. Um, I'm going to just kind of jump in and make sure he doesn't do that. So I'm going to I'm going to give it to Eerie. I'm going to give it to Mirio um, because in the scene, I thought he was really calm, cool, and collected. And he really was a top-notch hero, I think, in that situation. Because otherwise, I think Deku would have made like a whole big thing out of it and it would have gotten out of hand. And they probably would have died. Um, but I think Mirio was playing it very well. Um, and you know, I, I, I'm going to give it to him. Yeah, it, it's definitely not an episode where I feel like anyone really deserved it heavily. I think there's yeah, a couple yeah. of people that are in contention. But I'd probably agree with Mirio as well. Just because if he wasn't there, and if it was just Deku in that situation, Deku probably would have been injured, gotten himself into something there. And it was Mirio that I didn't agree with all of the stances he was trying to make. I agreed with a lot of them. And I definitely he stopped the situation from becoming much worse, which... Yeah, I think kind of qualifies for this week because otherwise this would have been a very different episode if Mirio was not there. It would have been a full-out fist fight with someone probably dying. Yeah, Deku would have um, gotten exploded. Just Deku, yeah, 
Yeah, pretty seriously? much. That, that's what would happen if he wasn't there. So it's not something that I'm most excited about giving to Mirio, but I definitely think out of everyone this week, he definitely deserved it. Yeah, that's fair. But with that, all we do have left to wrap up this week is next week's preview, which is going to be Let's Go Gutsy Riot. Right before we move into getting a little bit more information about him, we see that Shigaraki is finally meeting with Overhaul, saying that they are willing to join under certain conditions. We know very little about that, but that is what we will be learning next week. But also, it is clear that we're going to be getting kind of a Kirishima-focused episode because he's working with Fat Gum. Okay, the agency with Fat Gum, which is a hero's name, which is I love, um, with uh, the other one of the big three students from uh, Class One. I mean, I'm from UA, Amajaki. Um, so we're going to get to see his quirk finally, which I cannot wait for you two to know about that. Um, and then they are end up being caught in a fight between a bunch of thugs. But Kirishima is going to end up having to fight an opponent with a boosted quirk based off of one of the little ha- uh, Hagasaki uh, bullets that we've been seeing a couple the of darts, times. Kind of got yeah. that preview in there as well. So it's going to be a combat episode. It's going to be a Kirishima-focused episode. And we are finally going to get to see one of the big three's powers that you do, guys do not know. Out of those three, which are you most excited for? I think the big three is power. I'm really excited to see that quirk because everyone's hyping it up. There was a there was a scene where it had Kirishima kind of like squaring off against like an almost like moonfish kind of looking character, like right at, at the end of the preview. I'm really excited to see how that fight unfolds. Because um, man, like I don't know, man, I love Kirishima. Kirishima is great. He's, I know you did. That's why I asked the question because I knew you and Dylan would have different answers. Yeah, because you want to see Kirishima. I do. He wants to see the big three. Well, Kirishima's just got he's like he said he's got a real basic quirk. It's real. It's it's strong. Don't get me wrong, but he's like you know, it's just it's pretty basic. But I want to see him. I want to see the man go to work. And I also like the fact that he was sought out specifically by one of the big three, and they're like, "Yo, we want you," sort of thing, right? That's nice, man. It's not you know, it's not another one of the like the OPs who you'd kind of expect like Todoroki or Bakugo. I know they're kind of left out of the equation right now, but you know, Kirishima's getting some love, man. It's great. I want to know what. What what's the hero's name again? Um, Fatgum. Fat I want to know what his power is. <laughs> He's literally just a big blob in a yellow suit. He looks like Pooh Bear, about ten times bigger. And I want to know what his ability is. And he's constantly eating. He's, so a, he's so a big excited. lad, yeah. He's a big boy. So I am so excited for that. But I think next week's gonna be good. I think it's definitely gonna be jumping back into an action-heavy episode, which will be nice following up a very informational episode like this. But. That's about does it for everything this week, unless you guys have anything else you want to touch about in the last 30 seconds or so. No? All right. But then with that, thank you all so much for attending this week's class of um, this week's episode of Class 1A Podcast, getting ahead of myself. And make sure to leave a five-star review. Make sure to tell all your friends. It all means the world to us, no matter how or where you leave the five-star review. Or if you even just tell one friend, who knows? You guys can talk about the episodes together after listening to us talk about it together. Yeah, and make sure you check out poppedoff.com and twitter.com slash popped underscore off for all updates on this podcast and other hype content that we do. But with that, that will be all for this week's class. We hope to see you all back in class next Saturday.